broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show on this Friday, January 20th, 2023. Coming up at 4.30, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Talk about the divisional round of the playoffs. Talk about some games. Talk about the money lines. Who's favorited? Who's not? Where's Lee leaning? We'll talk about that coming up at 4.30. But right now, joining us on the phone lines from Spotrack.com is our good friend Michael Giannitti. And Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. We had some really good conversations uh, especially yesterday we were talking about Aaron Rodgers as he's talked about returning maybe to the Packers if the situation is right maybe the situation is right somewhere else and my big hang-up is that contract that Green Bay gave him and I kept saying to anyone who will listen I don't think that that contract is really tradable and we had a guy that covers the Packers on yesterday and he said no actually it is pretty tradable so I wanted to go to someone who has a lot better knowledge than I do and that's you. So when you look at Aaron Rodgers and his contract, do you feel like it's it's pretty easy to trade if the Packers do in, in, inside decide to go that direction? Yeah, it's movable. It was always sort of a one-year deal, and then you know we'll we'll have these options. So the Packers sort of played this right from a let's try to keep this and run this back for one more season. And, and I actually think trading that contract right now is in their best interest. So. Uh, they're going to get socked with a $40 million dead cap hit, but there's a, there's way worse options that, that could play out here. So um, it's tradable. It, to me, the question with this contract is, is, is there a team out there that wants to pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million cash this year? Because that's what's coming over with it for 2023. So the cash is a lot, like you mentioned, but what's the cap hit for that salary? Yeah, it's only it's in the it's in the low 30s. So it's super tenable. Uh, you can't restructure it. That's the other problem. Mm. This is the bonus system. Um, it's a double bonus, really. There's a bonus this year. There's a bonus next year. So uh, you're going to get socked with dead cap down the road no matter what you do here, and you're going to have to live with some high cap hits. But that's sort of the price to pay to get Aaron Rodgers for one, two, three years here. So when you look at it, do you think that that would affect the draft capital that would have to go back and return to Green Bay? Like, okay, well, there's this big contract coming this way, so maybe that can lessen uh, the trade value, or is it still Aaron Rodgers is going to be a pretty hefty, hefty draft capital? You know what? I do feel that way. I do feel like teams could have some leverage here because the alternative is that Green Bay has to keep a player who doesn't want to be there and, and have basically $90 million guaranteed over the next two seasons. So the Packers have to sort of give a little bit to get him off the books if he doesn't want to be there. So there's a, there's a chance that that's one, maybe one less draft pick than what Aaron Rodgers on the open market could sort of get here. Michael Giannini from Spotrack.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. This may be a silly question, but explain it to me like I'm five. Ha! You if are you, five! <laughs> if you were to get Aaron Rodgers, we always hear about void years on contracts. Why couldn't you just add a couple more void years and kick the can down the road a little longer? Yeah, the problem is this. Uh, the, the, this isn't a base salary contract. This was a signing bonus with an option bonus with another option bonus. So everything's already spread out on this thing. Now, um, you could have you, you could get him to sit down and rewrite this thing a little bit, but that's way way easier said than done. He, look, here's the deal: he he built this contract to be as rock solid, player friendly as humanly possible. He knew exactly what he was doing, and this is Aaron Rodgers. This is what he's done now for eight nine years. He's got all the leverage. He knows it, and he has built that into his contract. So, unfortunately, 
there's really nothing that a team can do otherwise uh, outside of saying, here's your cash, go out there and play football. Something else that I wanted to ask is if he were to retire, would that affect the Packers cap at all? If, if he just said, hey, I'm done? It's the exact same cap hit to trade him or, ha- or have him retire because of wow. the bonus structure. So, wow. again, he wins this one, too. All right. He is all – hey, he, he, you ain't lying. That is all about winning for one Aaron Rodgers again. Michael Giannetti, Spotrack.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I did want to ask you about Derek Carr's contract. We know here, obviously we talked about it a lot, that February 15th date that he's looking at. Do you think that there's – well, let me ask you this first. Is there a way, because there's a lot of, I guess, misinformation and back and forth and, and discussion that's not all on the same page – he can't. I mean, the league year doesn't start till till March. So how does how does a, a team trade for him? But they have to have an idea before February fifteenth. You know what I mean? Like it just it seems like yeah. everything is off a little bit. How does that get done legally? Even though the the new league year doesn't start till March, it's it's a it's a point that's not being talked about enough. To be honest with you, it's 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 all got to be handshake, wink, wink behind the scenes. It's all got to be something that's agreed to by February 15th so that the Raiders feel comfortable that that move is going to happen. But look, that gives enough, the other team exactly one month to back out of this thing and, mm-hmm. and sort of uh, you know send the Raiders packing on this whole situation. So it's, it's a big risk. It's why I don't think a trade is, is bound to happen here. A, there's the full no trade clause. B, there's a contract and the $40 million guaranteed stuck with it. And C, that there's that risk that the team that, that handshake says will do this could back out and not do this at the very last minute. Yeah, that's that just seems so complicated. So I'm with you. I don't think that there's going to be a trade made. So uh, if he is just flat out released, what do you think a contract looks like for him? A fair contract on the open market looks like. Yeah, he probably reverts back down to the Tannehill market, uh, and if we cap adjust that for two twenty five, you're still looking at you know thirty to thirty two million a year. So maybe he's getting sixty million guaranteed over two years. Uh, the problem is this. He's probably the best quarterback on the open market, right? Because Daniel Jones isn't getting there. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith's not getting there. So it's him and Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield and a couple of uh, you know Sam Darnold backup type players. So he's attractive to the Jets, to the Commanders, to the Buccaneers, to teams like that. So there might be a bit of a bidding war. I don't think he's going to lose out on, on a ton of money if he's out right, right release. And I think he and his agent know that right now. So I think they're pretty comfortable with however things go, if he, if he wants to accept a trade and, and keep this current contract or if he wants to start over and let everybody kind of play ball around that. Talking all things contracts right now with Michael Giannitti, Spotrack.com, Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demont. The one quarterback that we haven't asked about yet is Tom Brady. What is it like that his contracts are so structured? Because everybody always says he takes a team-friendly deal, but what have his Tampa Bay contracts been structured like? Yeah, it is team-friendly uh, until it's not, and, and right now it's not. And, and here's the thing with Tom Brady. He, he, he's made his $30 million a year. That's what he made this past season to come back and unretire. Um, but they had those void years that you talked about before, and there's four of them sitting there that, that equal up to $35 million of dead cap. There's a couple of scenarios here. The worst-case scenario for the Buccaneers right now with that Brady contract is that he goes and signs somewhere else, like the Raiders, for instance. That means that $35 million stays with Tampa Bay all at one time right now and basically shelves their cap for 2023. Wow. Otherwise, they can, there's some maneuvering they can do. But that's the easiest way to look at it. If he goes and signs with another team in March, the Buccaneers get the short end of this stick. And that's what they signed up for. That's what, it, that's what void years and one-year deals that are high cash salaries will do to you if, uh, if things don't work out in the end. 
So if he were to, uh, this is we're we're both saying wow in the studio because so this sounds unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, is there, and there's no situation that they could try to trade him if he just walks. They have to say this is the deal we made with the devil. It, it's basically yeah. Basically, what, yeah. here's the here's the one alternative, and it's very 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 unlikely. They could sign him to a one year sort of fake contract, right? And it looks like thirty million, but it's a one million dollar base salary, his minimum base salary. They could carry that fake contract until June second. And then if there's, a, if there's a trade market there, if they have a handshake trade, they could trade him on June 2nd, and, the, and their cap situation would be a little bit better. But what other team is going to do that? What other team is going to wait until June 2nd on a fake contract to acquire Tom Brady only to have to restructure and sign him again? Right. Uh, it, it's not likely. It's not likely. To me, he either retires and that $35 million stays, or he signs elsewhere and the Buccaneers are the short end of the stick no matter what. Manchester United fans are right. The Glazers are ruining football. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, come on. Give, I mean, ruining one of the, the Premier League's best teams and now this deal with Brady. What, can, wow. what were they thinking? That's a terrible deal. Is it he just walks? They he want just a ring. Walks. They got a ring. Well, I guess this is what we say. Hey, if you, how long does that Super Bowl last for? Uh, some upcoming free agents that I want to talk about, or just the price tags. Who are, who's going to have the biggest market in this upcoming free agency? Yeah, the quarterbacks always kind of rule that. Um, you know, we don't really have that preeminent pass rusher out there this year in the free agent market. Uh, it's a big, big running back market, but obviously that's not going to convert to a ton of cash, even though, you know, Barkley's going to get his. If Josh Jacobs doesn't get tagged, he's going to get his. Uh, you know, a couple of those guys, Miles Sanders, I think will get decent contracts, but. Uh, we don't have those preeminent wide receivers that the big time quarterbacks right now. Uh, look, if Brady goes somewhere, he's getting thirty million. That's still going to be a pretty good contract mm-hmm. I think, at the end of the day. You know, Garoppolo might get a hundred million. Daniel Jones might get a hundred and fifty million here, based on what wow. we've seen and, and how I think things might go with the Giants. They're going to have to overpay to keep him on off the market. Uh, and then, of course, Lamar, who's technically going to be a free agent, and, and we'll see where that goes, and, and we'll see if he gets his two hundred thirty million fully guaranteed. But it's, a, it's not the greatest free agent class, let's put it that way. There's some defensive stalwarts that I think will get cap casualty release that will add to this thing. Um, but I, I actually think it's going to be a nice trade season. And uh, some players like Mike Evans, some players like Brandon Cooks, could, could come into the fold here, obviously Derek Carr, and really kind of rule this, this offseason, even though it's, a, it's not the greatest available markets out there. What are your thoughts on Raiders backup quarterback Jarrett Stidham? He's going to be a free agent as well. He had a two-game sample size, did really well against the 49ers, and then just did okay, did decent against Kansas City. But, again, it's only a two-game sample size. He's very familiar with Josh McDaniel's system, but do you think that there will be some teams out there on the open market that are saying, yeah, you know, we're pretty intrigued by this young man? No, I don't think so. I think you mentioned it, you know, his McDaniel connection, his connection to this offense. Uh, is certainly helping him, and I think he's an undervalued quarterback that just fits well with this model. So you bring him back on incentive-laden deal where if he has to start ball games, he gets more money. If not, he's your typical three, four million dollar backup. But I don't think I don't think there'll be a market when you can go out and get a Sam Darnold to be your QB two next year, and certainly have more talent in your backfield. I did want to ask you about Deron Payne in Washington. He's a guy that I feel like is going to end up being released because they got so much money tied up in that defensive line. But he's a dude that could play. What are your thoughts on Deron Payne and what, what kind of contract he may be looking at? There's a lot of defensive tackles that it's, it's really tough to evaluate right now because that market could be, you know, obviously it's 30 with Aaron Donald. You know, Jeffrey Simmons might push that thing up to $25 million for the second tier. Uh, I don't know that Washington can pay what he wants to right right now because they've got you know 100 million dollars in guaranteed contracts on that defense right now. 
he's, he's looking at 20. I'm not sure he's a $20 million player. I think he's more of a $16, $17 million player. So if you're talking about a free agent on the open market, 18 to 20 is probably going to get it done. That's an overpay for, for a player who's really had 18 months of, of really solid play and some injuries built into that as well. But that, that's a market that's really going north where I didn't think it would. I thought that'd be a position that'd be more devalued right now. But that interior defensive lineman that can get to the quarterback, he's, uh, he's getting pretty darn expensive out there. When it comes to cap space, where do the Raiders rank when it comes to available money to spend in free agency, and who's at the actual top? Yeah, they're in the middle of the pack right now. Obviously, you know, saving the money on Derek Carr is going to help them greatly, but leaves them with some gigantic holes, and they'll have to, you know, fill that Josh Jacobs void with a tag most likely. Um, the top of the list is the Bears at 115 projected, Whew. and uh, wow. you know, they've got a lot of work to do, so that's going to dwindle quickly. And then the bottom of the list is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and the Saints. That whole uh, NFC South is just an absolute mess right now. <laughs> uh, just loaded dead contracts, tons of void years that are about to hit. So it's uh, there's some teams out there with a lot of work to do who may not win a lot of ball games next year either. Now I have another another team that I want to just ask Uh-oh. about their cap. Look the Cleveland the Cleveland Browns, where they were giving out so much guaranteed money this past year. Where do they look in cap? Because I'm thinking they got to be in cap hell right when Deshaun Watson's contract kicks in. Yeah, they're. They're okay. They're, they're, they're uh-huh. in the middle of the pack right now, and they're going to make some cuts. They're not happy with how that defense worked out, and they just obviously brought in a new defensive coordinator to sort of shake things up a bit. So I think they're going to go down before they go back up. But to your point, Deshaun Watson is a $59 million cap hit right now. So that's going to have to get adjusted because, uh-huh. you know, that's basically 40% of the 225. So there's, a, there's some work to do, but I think there's a lot of change happening there too. That was a team that should have been better this year, and they certainly weren't. Uh, final question for you. This has to do with uh, Raiders Chandler Jones. He got a nice free agent deal in the uh, in the offseason before this past season, and, uh, you know, he was okay. He wasn't what they all thought he was going to be, but uh, if my if my memory serves me correctly, his uh, his cap hit for this upcoming year is pretty high. Do you expect to see uh, some kind of um, reconstruction to his contract? Yeah, he's fully guaranteed. It's a high cap hit. Mm. The, problem, the question is this, Q. Do they want to keep him after this year? Because if the answer is yes, then you can restructure that thing and not worry about it, and you can live with the dead cap and the void years. If the answer is no, you know, maybe a slight restructure, just to lower things and make yourself a little bit healthier without killing yourself next year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's trade discussions with him. I really wouldn't. Uh, and a team could take that guaranteed money this year, convert it into a, couple, a multi-year deal, make it a little bit lesser for everybody. Uh, that's just a player I think you, you kind of have a surplus right now on, on that defensive line. You, you know, it's one of your more better, the better deeper positions. And there's holes to fill elsewhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some rumblings about that. But other than that, I wouldn't go too crazy on a restructure for that player specifically. There you go. Michael Giannini, Spotrack.com, on Twitter, at Spotrack. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Oh, I just finished the wide receiver uh, big analysis piece. It's on Spotrack.com. Hmm. So if you're looking for a, a trade candidate, a cut candidate, or an extension candidate, that's the, uh, that's the place to go for that. There you go. It's going to be a lot of fun during the offseason, of course, the draft and free agency and everything else that goes with it. So, Michael, thank you so much for your time, my man. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. There he goes. Michael Giannetti, Spotrack.com, on Twitter at Spotrack. A lot of good stuff right there to unpack. And, uh, yeah, it could be a restructure coming for Chandler Jones. Could be a lot of different things that go into play. I wonder how they work that. I really do. Because obviously he didn't live up to the billing. We know that. I like what he did for the locker room. I love that he, you know, I all those stories are great. But at the end of the day, it's about production. But what if he's not willing to budge? Well, that's when, you know, the rubber meets the road. And then you have a 
sit down, come to Jesus type meeting, and whatever happens, happens. Sometimes you got to cut your losses, right? I mean, but if I'm when you restructure, though, most of the time that just all that is is basically cash. That just lowers your your base and and your salary cap hit, whereas opposed to you're just getting more upfront cash, which is what every player wants. True, like you know. Natalie wants to restructure my pay schedule. <laughs> she can give me a bunch of cash up front, and I'll be good with whatever the paycheck looks like. Just go on and go ahead and run me my money, <laughs> right? That's what Lamar is saying, run him his money. 416 is the time. When we come back, speaking of Lamar Jackson, I was on last night on ESPN National with Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and we had Jamison Hensley on, and he covers the Baltimore Ravens. And talking about Greg Roman not being the, the offensive coordinator there anymore, so we asked the basic question, What does he think is going to happen with Lamar moving forward? You'll hear that answer next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. So as we close out the week, we want to know what's the one thing the Raiders cannot afford to do this offseason. It has some really good feedback, calls, and texts. Don'tBeBroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword R&R. We also had Raider Mac earlier call in and talk about Trading up to the number one spot, Jason and Maryland responded on the don'tbebroke.com text line, if we give up any picks to move up, they need to be targeting Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. That's real talk. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I would love to see them go and get a defensive player. Uh, my, my fear with them trading up is that they trade up and they reach for somebody, right, and they get the wrong guy because that's what, as Raider fans, we're accustomed to. <laughs> right? We're accustomed to that. I, I'm, I'm giving this – staff the benefit of the doubt because we haven't seen it yet we just haven't they didn't have a first or second round pick but my big fear is okay they're going to trade up to go get somebody and it's not going to be the right guy and then all of a sudden they're not going to have a pick next year they're going to be you know they're going to be s out of luck let's put it like that and it's going to be a bad situation that's what my big concern is but again we have not seen that from this staff yet so this draft coming up in kansas city this upcoming year it's going to be interesting to be there for the draft we will be there with Raider Nation Radio 920. When we're there, I don't want to see that. That's what my big concern is. Don't reach for someone. Like 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 Jason said, if you're going to trade up, go get Jalen Carter. Because the one thing I know is that's a dude that can go. Right? That's what I do know. So don't reach for someone who's going to be all of a sudden a couple years later, you're thinking, what the hell did you go and draft that guy for? Like when we talked to Mike Renner earlier and he was talking about Anthony Richardson. That 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 had screaming to me like, oh no, don't go get that guy. Hendon Hooker, what he had to say, and I know that's just one person's opinion, kind of had me feeling like, oh no, don't go get that guy either. You know, one read. And, and, you know, and that's what they do in college. A lot of times in college, that's what they'll do. They'll make it so easy that Baylor, Art Browse used to do that. He made it so easy that every quarterback looked great. And I remember when Bryce Petty got drafted in the fourth round, Bryce Petty said he learned to read defenses by playing Madden. <laughs> I knew then that there was a problem. I was like, oh, damn. That's the same thing Jim Nagy said, Daniel Jones. Well, you see that. Yes. Look at how long it's taken yes. him yes. his entire rookie yes. contract Thank to you. develop into a starting quarterback. Yes. Because he just, he let's be honest, he just wasn't one. He wasn't the guy. You're right about that. Great, great, man. Great recollection on that one. Jim Nagy, we talked to him in the first hour of the show around 2.30. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. I do want you to hear what Jamison Hensley had to say about Lamar Jackson when I was on uh, ESPN National with Freddie Coleman last night. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Tim in Texas still on? Yep, Tim, yep. welcome to the show. Hello, how y'all doing? We're blessed. Okay. Um, what I was going to say uh, um, about what the Raiders cannot do this uh, offseason, mm-hmm. first of all, they cannot let Payne sign with anybody but them. Nice. 
Nice. My uh, guy. Uh, the guy from uh, Washington, the defensive yeah. from Washington. Yep. And then uh, they're going to have to get either the first or second best cornerback in the draft and please try to get Levante David. They cannot let them go to nobody else. But um, what I was going to say about Aaron Rodgers is I believe the Raiders is the team that Aaron Rodgers really wants to play for. I really don't think I, – I think if he leaves Green Bay – if it's not the if it's not the Raiders, he's going to stay in Green Bay. I think that's the team that he really wants to play for. The only thing about it is uh, with the Tom Brady situation and 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 uh, how close him and McDaniel's is and 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 uh, how long they work together and all that kind of stuff. That's what's going to kind of I think that's what's going to hamper if that's the case with Aaron Rodgers. Um, now, as far as trading, uh, another thing the Raiders cannot do is mess this draft up. They cannot mess this draft up with the seventh pick and the um, and the picks that they have after that. Um, you know, as close as I mean, you know, the good picks that they have after that, they cannot mess this up like like uh, Mayock and all and Gruden did. All right, good stuff, great stuff, Tim. Appreciate the call, calling for the Lone Star State right there. I like what he said. He can they cannot let Jerome Payne sign with anyone else. That's right up my alley. You know, if there's ever something that, like a code word or a phrase that you want to, you know, get get in good with the guy, that's the way to get in good with me. Hey, Q, I got an idea. I think the Raiders should go sign Daryl Payne. You're already good in my book. You want to come in for a drink? <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm Man, I'm telling you, they need to have that dominant dude. If you're not going to go sign that dude, kind of like Jason said, go on and go up and get Jalen Carter, right? I would love to see them have their own guy that they drafted and have on that rookie deal for a good four or five years and let him do what he do. And then at some point, like Quentin Williams has this year, he's about to earn a big-time contract out there in New York with the Jets. Coming up at around 4.30, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. We'll talk about the divisional round of the playoffs. Now, we had calls yesterday, a bunch of them, as we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and we, were, and we had a couple calls that said the Raiders need to go trade for Lamar Jackson. And I keep thinking, one, there's no way the Ravens are going to let him get out of town because their, their, their offense is based all the way around him. But I know Greg Roman is their OC, is no longer their OC after they let him go. So last night I was on Freddie, uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio, and we had Jamison Hensley on, and Freddie asked him what he thought was going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Jamison, look into your crystal ball, look into that big, brilliant mind like John Nash and Amelia Booty for mine, and tell us <laughs> what do you think is actually going to happen, at least in the near future, involving Lamar Jackson staying or going from Baltimore? I, I think the Ravens put the tag on him uh, in February, March area. Uh, they still try to get a deal done with him. But if they get to the point uh, this year, and you know, at some point in the offseason where they get to the point where they go, they're just not getting a deal done with Lamar. I think that's when they entertain offers. And I think it's, you know, it, it could be a point. I don't know if it's 50-50. I don't know how, what percentage you would put on it. Uh, but uh, at that point, if the Ravens say, we're going to entertain trade offers. Uh, I think that's where everything comes into play. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, whether uh, the, you know Lamar Jackson plays under the tag this year. Wouldn't surprise me uh, if he's playing elsewhere this year. It's just it really comes down to the Ravens whether they one they think a long term deal is still in play, and I think if that's so, they'll they'll, they'll keep him this year. Number two, if they get a trade offer, if someone offers three first round picks. That's that's gonna be extremely, extremely tempting. And uh that's that's the other decision they would have to make. Well, that's exactly what my next question was. Is that where the entertaining offer starts with three first rounds? I mean, cause yeah. that to me that sounds like a lot, but yeah. you know better than I do. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at the the comparables 
uh, Deshaun Watson is the comparable as far as being traded. You know, a a quarterback in the prime of his career, uh, and and the, you know the Browns gave up. Three, you know, as part of the package, they gave up three first round picks. Um, and, and I think with Lamar Jackson, this would be an unprecedented trade. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, there's other been other times where NFL MVPs have been traded, right. but they've been traded when they've been 30 or older. Lamar Jackson is 26. No NFL MVP has been traded for in his 20s. This would be unprecedented. So if the Ravens are going to do that, they want to get as much draft capital as possible. And I don't think them. I don't think they would trade. I think that's the starting point. Three first-round picks has to be the starting point for the Ravens. There you go. Three first-round picks is the starting point. Not the end-all, but the starting point. That's why, to me, and just me, that's unrealistic. The Raiders would be crazy. There's other teams that maybe could do it because they're in a better position where they're that guy away from being a complete team. But if they were to give up three first-round picks, just say they took the the floor. Maybe they took the floor and said, okay, three first-round picks, it's all good, he's yours. That would set the team back, in my opinion, because they got too much to still have to work with. They got too much work they have to do to be able to, to make that happen. So that's why I don't think that that's realistic. Again, coming up in just a few minutes, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Before we get to him, though, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, Pete? What's up, DeMond, man? Hey, man. I, I really like what Raider Fish want with that, man, and I really do, man, with that seventh pick. I don't like you just – you said a little bit ago, too. I don't want to trade nothing for nothing in the future, man. I want it now. I want my money now. If we can make it happen now, let's make it happen now, Q. And I really like I'm – not, I'm not okay with drafting up for them quarterbacks right now, man. I'm I just not with it, man. I think Jared Stidham has that, that Raider dog in him that you just can't make. He has it in him. Build up that defense. Go either get – we got to get Deron Payne in the middle – Next to Max Crosby, go get that linebacker. I can't. I can't. I'm tip of my tongue from Alabama right now. What's his name? Will um Anderson. Linebacker. Will Anderson. Get Will Anderson in that linebacker spot, and let's go to town. Beat this defense up, Q. Q. I'm on fire right now, man. Clearly. You know, rest <laughs> in peace, Bob. Hey, Q. Rest in peace, Bob. But Q, I'm gonna tell you right now. I was just with the customer for two hours and made twenty five hundred bucks. I'm on fire right now. We talk about money today. Passing the Raider to make some money today. God is good. Build that defense up. I think Jared can lead these boys if we build that defense up, man. He already gels good with he gels good with Devontae. You seen him hit Waller in stride. You see Jacobs likes him. The team likes him for a reason. Josh brought him here for a reason. I got faith and I'm really believing and feeling. Sit him's the man. Bring that boy over there, Will, on that middle linebacker, Deron Payne, and let's go get some quarterback and get this Super Bowl in 2024. Rest in peace, Fox. I love you, man. Love you, Raider Nation Q. Let's do it. Adios. There he goes, passionate Raider. He's got $2,500 in his pocket on a Friday. He got money in his pocket. What they say? I got a pocket full of money and a tank full of gas or a tank full of gas and a pocket full of money. I don't know how they say it, but you know what I mean, right? That's how passionate Raider is right now. He riding down the block. I got a tank full of gas and a pocket full of money. Speaking of money, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He'll help you win some money next. It's Red Nation Radio 920. 
It's time to take a look at the lines that can help win you some money with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Brought to you by Joe's Stone Crab, located inside the Caesars Forum Shops, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Lee Sterling joins us now from ParamountSports.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Lee's going to give us some of the betting lines. We're going to look forward to some of these games this weekend, divisional round of the playoffs. And Lee, how exciting are these games going to be, my man? Oh, wow. These are some really good games. I mean, um, <laughs> there's no pretenders here in this divisional round. So we got rid of those teams. And uh, I, like I said, this is like battle of heavyweights here. I mean, I, <laughs> one of the games we're not even going to discuss uh, might be two teams people thought were going to be in the Super Bowl, Buffalo and Cincinnati. That just tells you how good uh, the pedigree of all these teams are and you know, you got teams like uh, one of the games we're going to discuss, Philadelphia and the Giants. Uh, that's a rivalry game. You mm-hmm. think back to, you know, like Bill Parcells and Buddy Ryan. If we only could get those two guys, it might be <laughs> uh, a game of the century. Right, absolutely. And, yeah, Super Wild Card Weekend was a lot of fun. It was really exciting. So I'm excited about the divisional round to see if we can get the same kind of fireworks, if not better. And I'm assuming because the matchups are going to be a lot better, we're going to get at least a couple of those. So uh, very excited about it. And let's go ahead and jump right into it and start uh, start breaking them on down. Again, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Let's start out with a team that Raider fans know really well, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville knocked off the Chargers in come-from-behind fashion, down 27 Oh, and found a way to win the game 31 to 30. So, Kansas City minus eight and a half versus those Jaguars, Lee. How do you see this one breaking down? It's going to be tough for Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, give them credit here, uh, came back from 27 to nothing. That's mm-hmm. right. Third largest comeback in playoff history, but it was against the Chargers, and the Chargers are known to fold. I mean, if you were watching that game, you just <laughs> you knew it was just a matter of time here once they got to late in the third, early fourth quarter. So now Jacksonville's in uncharted waters. And in the NFL, you got to pay your dues. And they're going to face the Kansas City team. They face each other first time, and Kansas City won 27-17. Kansas City dominated the game. Kansas City just put it on cruise control, and they did that a lot this year. So here's the problem for Jacksonville. Week in two areas. Jacksonville's pass defense, one of the bottom five, and also Covering tight ends, dead last. So I think that extra week really benefits Kansas City. I think Kansas City's going to turn it on. They have the best quarterback here. Their Trevor Lawrence will eventually get there, but it's not his time here. I'm going to lay the points here. Kansas City, I think they lay it on Jacksonville. Something like 34-14. Yeah, I think it's been a nice little run for Jacksonville. you got to give Doug Peterson and company a lot of credit for what they've been able to do. And, of course, that epic come-from-behind victory over the Chargers a week ago. But feel like that that uh, party is about to come to an end. Kansas City is just too sticking good. So there you go. The Chiefs minus 8.5 versus Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, let's keep this party rolling. How about this game? You mentioned it a little earlier. Rivalry game here. The Philadelphia Eagles and the G-Men. Three times is a charm, right? The Eagles minus 7. They were off last week, Lee, minus seven versus the Giants who knocked off the Vikings. How do you see this one shaking out? So if you watch the first time they played, the, the last game, the last week of the season, teams were playing backups. Jalen Hurts didn't play. They were resting him. And here's the problem for for the Giants. Giants look great last week. I mean, everything is working. But it was against Minnesota. Minnesota was <laughs> a fraud. 
maybe the worst 12 and five team we've ever seen. They were only favored by three points at home. Should have kind of given you a hint that there was going to be problems. If you're a 12 and five team in a, in a three seed, you should be five and a half, six points. So the Giants are in trouble on the offensive and defensive line here against Philadelphia. They have a really good left tackle through the Giants, but every other position, I rate the Eagles to be much stronger along the line of scrimmage. And on top of that, they, they got depth. They can rotate guys on the defensive line here. So Daniel Jones is, is going to have to not only be accurate, not turn the ball over, and I think he's going to have to run a bunch here. So I think they're going to put the heat on him. They had five sacks in the first game. I think they're going to have four or five here in this game because I think the G-men are going to be playing from behind. And uh, I think Hurts is, I don't know if he's 100%, but I think he's close enough. I think they've really put together maybe the best roster in the NFL, have the Eagles here, so they're playing at home. Um, got that rest. Uh, I think they're going to be juiced unless we see a bunch of turnovers by the Eagles. I think the Eagles dominate this game. I'm going to lay the seven, seven points here, and I like a two-team six-point teaser. Mixed point teasers here. I don't use them in college football. You see a lot of 46, you know, 35 games, 55, 48. The NFL uh, points three, four, six, and seven. A lot of games fall on that number. I can't see the Chiefs or the Eagles losing this game. So I think that maybe the strongest play in these first two games we've discussed is to do a two-team six-point teaser, take the Chiefs, from eight and a half down to two and a half, all they got to do is win by a field goal. Mm. You go over four key numbers, seven, six, four, and three. And that way you don't have to worry about a backdoor cover. And then take the Eagles down from seven down to one. So KC, two team six point teaser, minus two and a half, and the Eagles minus the one. I think that's probably the best bet. But I also like both sides. Oh, there it is right there. A little extra nuggets dropping knowledge right there. <laughs> Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. I like that one, man. Uh, when you come for the line, sometimes you get a little bit more uh, extra advice there from Lee. Again, dropping those nuggets. I like that. Uh, man, I like that a lot. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Lee Sterling is our guest from ParamountSports.com. All right, Lee, let's close things out strong. This game I'm very excited about. The 49ers and the Cowboys. Uh, talk about rivalries man this is taking it back as well uh the 49ers are minus four right now versus the cowboys with the total being 46 what are your thoughts on this one so even though san francisco has the number one defense i think they're vulnerable the last couple games they give up 23 to seattle at home arizona was playing third string quarterback i mean that was a joke still gave up 13 gave up 34 to your raiders i mean you saw backup quarterback what he can do i think the san francisco Back end is vulnerable. I also think even though Dallas, they do get some interceptions, I think their back end is vulnerable here. I mean, they played pretty well against Tampa, but we, as we all know and figured out, Tampa Bay, I mean, they were just running on empty. They had nothing, no offensive line here to protect Tom Brady. Against Washington, gave up 26. Uh, it gave up 34 to Philadelphia, 40 also to Jacksonville. So, uh, I think Dallas can be run on some. I think their back end, even though they make those big plays, can also give up some big plays. And let's talk about playmakers. I think Dallas has some of the best playmakers in the NFL. They've got uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, I mean, guys can score on every play. Also got Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard, 
running and catching the football. Over 1,000 yards rushing from a backup running back, nine touchdowns, a uh, bunch of uh, catches uh, for touchdowns and big plays as a receiver. And Ezekiel Elliott, he can get near the end zone. You get to the one-two yard line, he's usually going to put it in. And then also a tight end. They've got a tight end, uh, Schultz, Dalton Schultz. I think he's one of the top five tight ends. And then on the other side, San Francisco might have the most weapons right now in the NFL. I mean, Christian McCaffrey running and catching the ball, I don't think he has any equal. We've got uh, Debo Samuel back running and catching the ball, Brendan Ayuk. And then maybe the best tight end here in the game here in George Kittle. So this line, in my opinion, should be 49-50. It's at 46. We're not going to play the game. We're going to go over six, 46 total points. San Francisco and Dallas, easier way to cash a ticket. Man, and that's what we want to do. We want to cash those tickets right there. Lee's dropping knowledge. He's giving us extra ways to plays. And all we're worried about is cashing tickets at the end of the day. But a good one right there lined up. 49ers, Cowboys, again, the 49ers minus four with the total going to 46, and we're looking at it going over that 46 total. Fantastic stuff, Lee. I'm so excited about this weekend. Three really good plays that you gave us right there. If anyone wants to reach out to you, get some more information from you, maybe get some more NFL action or any other sport that you cover, uh, what do they need to do? So top four selections in the NFL divisional round, just $44. USC pay-per-view comes back. They're from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And the first fight starts at 3 o'clock Pacific. So anyone wants to get those selections, uh, five to seven selections, just waiting on the weigh-ins and, and uh, make sure everyone makes weight and uh, <laughs> makes it to the fight. Uh, we'll have five to seven selections there, just $25. So as soon as you purchase it, also the best thing, you don't have to call me back on Saturday and Sunday to get the selections. Window pops open with all the selections. So four for 44 in the football and uh, five to seven in the UFC, just $25, just one place, ParamountSports.com. There it is right there. Well, Lee, man, I'm excited. This weekend's going to be action-packed. A lot of great stuff to, to monitor and watch. The UFC as well. Fun uh, with the UFC. Always excited about that. My man, DeMond, always gets super fired up when it comes to the UFC. But, of course, the NFL games will be second to none, I do anticipate. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the games and all this weekend. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Q. There he goes right there. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Dot com. So, Damon, now that we got a little bit of inside knowledge from Lee Sterling on where he thinks you can win some money, let's go ahead and you got some uh, NFL music to queue up or did we just go raw? You want to just go raw? Just want to go without uh, without any music? We could. I know I just threw you off on that one. I didn't, I didn't have any music queued up. I'm just saying you I don't mean, have to. We can go raw. I mean, do you want some music? I mean, I mean you know, I, I'm just you, saying, like, I, we could drop 16 hot bars without without a beat behind us, right? We could just sit around the, the homeboy circle and just drop bars, or we can have a little bit of NFL music. You know, we got to give our NFL picks. Uh, uh, maybe not. Let's not do it. Oh, no. There you go. What is that? Just some NFL music. That's NFL music? Yeah. yeah. I typed in NFL music <laughs> <laughs> into our system. You, you put me on my heels. Well, I want to know who decided that that was NFL music. Go on, kill that, man. Go on, kill that. Yeah, that sounds like an old VHS when they had the, you know, like, uh, these are the, the greatest hits or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, remember yeah, when man. They, Mar- yeah, I don't, yeah, no. 
That's old VHS. You never even saw a VHS. Dun, 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 dun. What are you talking about, man? You, you, know, said, you ain't never seen no VHS, have Yes, you? I have, because the Nickelodeons will be orange when you would get them as a kid. Like the Rugrats VC, the Rugrats movie? Yeah. It was orange. The, VA, the okay. VHS was. Okay, all right. Well, that's fine. Let's not, let's, <laughs> let's not go there. So last week when we went through the Super Wildcard weekend, we picked all the games, and I went going into Monday night, I had not got one wrong. And then I got the brakes beat off me Monday night. So you picked the Cowboys, and I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, you were right. I was wrong. So now we're tied. So we're even Steven going into the divisional round. Yeah, we are. But so basically, it's like 1-1. It is. And I know that I'm going to win this weekend. Okay, you're feeling good about yourself. I am. All right, well, let's go ahead and start with you then. Jacksonville at Kansas City, 1-30 kickoff Saturday. Who you got? The Chiefs. All right, I'm rolling with KC as well. I think that that's the one game that's not going to be as interesting. And that's no disrespect to Jacksonville. That's just Kansas City is that much better. Uh, Andy Reid coming off a bye week, especially in the playoffs, is even better than normal. So I think KC gets this one, no doubt about it. All right, the nightcap. The New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Three times are a charm. 5-15 kickoff on Fox. Where are you rolling with this one? I'm going to go with the Eagles. Man, I don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be looking like, but I just don't trust Danny Dimes just yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm going with Philadelphia because not a Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen's going to be fine. A.J. Brown's going to be fine. right? Devontae, Devontae Smith is going to be better than fine. He's going to be great, right? They have a great offense, but 70 sacks. 70 sacks is what they're bringing to the table on that defense. I think that that's how they get it done. Defense wins championships. Defense matters in December and January, and the Eagles have 70 sacks that they're bringing to the table. It's going to be there in Philly. The crowd is going to be crazy raucous. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, So I think New York, even though they've been a good story this year, Brian Dayball's done a hell of a job, probably be coach of the year. I think their party ends on Saturday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, here we go. Sunday. This one, to me, probably should have been the Sunday night game, but that's just me. Uh, the noon kickoff, Cincinnati at Buffalo. I'll tell you a little story about Sunday. I'll be on ESPN National with Michael Rothstein, who covers the Atlanta Falcons, and then Orlando Franklin at the same time. So uh, we never really navigated a three-man show on ESPN, but it's going to be fun, and it's going to be going on while this game's going on. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I look forward to that. That's going to be on Sunday. Cincinnati at Buffalo, noon kickoff on CBS. Burrow, Allen, how you rolling on this one? I think this is where I'm going to get my win here. Okay, I'm okay. going. You feel good. I feel yourself. good about okay. this. Okay, the Bengals. All right, why? Because I said so. Uh, no, because Josh Allen, the game that he had last week with the turnovers, with the way he he was just a little too reckless with the ball, and that was against the mm-hmm. Dolphins. Yeah. And I know that you know, shout out to Demar Hamlin, prayers for him. Yeah. He's doing better. I think the Bengals were on their way to beating the Bills in that game if for it sure. were to have continued. Absolutely. So I think that hey, I just think that they're the better team. They have their number, mm-hmm. and I think that they're going to finish them off in this uh, game here in the playoffs. I think they're the better team as well, but they have a lot of injuries along the offensive line, and I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. You can't protect Burrow. He's going to be on the run. I think Buffalo is going to find a way to win this game. It's going. I think this is going to be the most interesting game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely going to be the most emotional game this weekend for every reason that you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I just I think Buffalo is going to win it. Uh, this is that game that everyone's been asking me, and I'm like, man, I really don't know. But because of the struggles of the offensive line and Buffalo just being Buffalo and the DeMar Hamlin situation going on, and he's getting better and better, and that's awesome. Love to hear that. Uh, I think Buffalo's going to get it done. Josh Allen cannot turn the rock over, though, like he did against Miami. You're spot on. Turnovers and special teams almost doomed Buffalo last week against Miami with Skyler Thompson as the quarterback. 
cannot do that. If he turns the ball over, Joe Burrow's going to take his lunch money and laugh at him while he does it, right? I'm going to go with Buffalo. So we split there. We have Kansas City. We both pick Kansas City over Jacksonville. We both pick Philly over the Giants. I got Buffalo. You got Cincinnati. Sunday night football, the old rivalry. Dallas makes a trip to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers and play at Great America. Dallas whooped Tampa Bay on Monday night football. San Francisco's got two extra days of rest. Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, that defense going up against Dak, who showed up and showed out on Monday night football. They've got the defense. They've got Micah Parsons. Where do you go Sunday night football? This is where I pull away because I know you're not picking them. I'm taking the Cowboys. Are you really? Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys. Why am I not picking the Cowboys? Because you don't like I, – I, you, you I don't, don't like either it. one of the teams, like, personally. I think you have a Cowboys bias. I think maybe down there in Waco you were just – you didn't like the Cowboys. So I hear I hear a little twinge every time you talk. I'm like, you don't really like the Cowboys. No. Nah. You don't believe in this team. I don't have no problem with the Cowboys. Not like you dislike them, but I just don't think you believe in this team. No, you know what? It's funny that you say that. I actually picked the Cowboys last night to win. I'm picking. Oh, I'm, I'm rolling. With, <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling with Dallas, and this is why, though. I, I don't trust them a lot. And I didn't trust Dak uh, Dak going into that game on Monday because he had turned the ball over so many damn times. So I was like, oh, they're cooked, right, because he can't take care of the ball. But he showed up, and he he played a hell of a game Monday night. I don't think Brock Purdy has had a guy like Micah Parsons or a defense like what the Cowboys have test him yet. So that's where I think that Dallas has the advantage. I still think that San Francisco is going to put up a hell of a fight. I think Brock Purdy is really good. That defense obviously is good, and that run game is good. But, man, I just think that Brock Purdy is going to show a little bit of him being a seventh-round pick, kind of unfamiliar with the, the the magnitude of this game against a defense that can actually create some turnovers. That's where I think Dallas wins this game. They're going to cause a couple turnovers. Brock Purdy is going to look up. It's almost going to be like uh, you know when when uh, when when Mike Tyson got knocked out the first time and he was on the canvas and he looked up and was like, well, what the hell do I do now? Brock, <laughs> Brock Purdy is going to get hit in the mouth. He's going to fall and then say, well, now what? Because he ain't never been there before. That's exactly where I'm going with the Cowboys, too. At, to be honest, this was my logic. If you didn't pick them to beat Tampa, why would you pick them to beat San right. Francisco? No, no, that, but they showed me something. They showed okay. something. So I don't, I don't mind going back and saying, hey, man, my bad. I was wrong. Right? And giving them props. I just think that this game is going to be tough for Purdy. I really do. Now, he's a, he's a really good quarterback. I expect him and Trey Lance next year to compete for that, uh, that starting job. But I just don't. I just don't think he gets it done. And I think Dallas wins this one. It's, 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 it's strange for me to say that, but that's what I think. As long as it doesn't come down to a field goal. <laughs> right. That part. That's going to be the issue. So there we go. Those are our picks. As we close out the show, you hear the music. You know what time it is. We both have Kansas City beating Jacksonville. We both have the Eagles beating the Giants. I've got Buffalo over Cincinnati. He's got the Bengals over the Bills. I've got the Cowboys, and you've got the Cowboys. So uh, there you go. We only have one game that's different, and that is the early game on Sunday, Buffalo and Cincinnati. So that's going to do it for us. Many thanks to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, Rod Woodson from the Vegas Vipers, uh, the Hall of Famer, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, Michael Giannitti from Spotrack.com and Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Whew! That was a hell of a show. Great stuff. Tomorrow, fantastic week as always. We'll be back with you on the other side. That's Monday at the same time here on Red Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening. Yeah.